Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. This is House Intrigue, the Christmas Eve edition, where Jason, we just saw the Bears hang with the Buffalo Bills. Tell me if this is familiar. Uh, they play a team that's better than them. They hang around for a while, and at the end, the final score uh, looks uh, looks like a blowout. Uh, that, that's 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 uh, right there on your 2022 Bears bingo card, isn't it? Yeah, if you didn't see the game and are just looking at the score at 35 to 13, uh, it was a touchdown game in the fourth quarter. The Bears actually did have a chance. So they, while they lost again, eight in a row, longest losing streak in franchise history, along with a few other eight-game losing streaks they've had, uh, it wasn't quite as bad as it looks in terms of being competitive with Buffalo. No, and, uh, and part of that was because Bears defense that was playing three rookie cornerbacks held up pretty well. Part of that is because the Bears were able to score a touchdown early on in the game. And the other part, quite frankly, is that the weather was bad enough that I think everybody was just not their best selves, especially Josh Allen, who had what I have to think is one of the worst performances of his last probably three years against the Bears. Yeah, just 15 of 26, 172 yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns for Josh Allen, a 71.3 passer rating. Patrick, and this is some we've talked about a lot with the bears for the most part, they have not just been run out of the building. Uh, even the really good teams, the Eagles, the bills, the dolphins have had to work down to the end to beat them. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that they, that anyone, uh, they all beat the bears, but it's very rare that any of them walk out of here saying, Oh, that was easy. That was a breeze. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they have some fight to them, which is appreciated because Lord knows we've covered teams uh, it, it, that haven't been like that. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, the Bears are going to go as Justin Fields goes. And today, for the first time in a long time, he just didn't look right the whole game. And, you know, I think I turned to you, Jason, at some point in the third quarter and said, you kind of you keep waiting for him to do something magical and he hasn't. And, and he really never did. Is that because of what the Bills did to him or is that because of – you know, just play calling or is that because he was a little banged up or, uh, or all of, all of the above, maybe I would, it, all of the reasons are valid. I think the one I would single out as number one is that he had no help. Mm-hmm. So you remember the last couple of years, uh, Patrick of the bears trying the everything, but the quarterback model that uh, was made famous by Ted Phillips. Uh, now they're trying the quarterback, but nothing else model. Right. And you have Justin Fields out there playing with, receivers that will not be back next year other than Valus Jones and an offensive line where the two best guys, Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins aren't there and the running game isn't working. Where's he supposed to go with this? What's he supposed to do with this? It has truly gotten to a point with this game where I, d- I don't know what you're supposed to discern from this about him. How do you assess, how do you grade and assess and make any kind of determination on what you think Justin Fields can be in the future off of this against the leading candidate to win the Super Bowl, and he has no help. Like, what are you getting out of this if you're the Bears? You're hoping he doesn't get hurt, <laughs> number well, one. There you yep. go. And and it's funny you mentioned that. Not funny, but, like, fitting, because you were wondering, I think, at some point in the game whether he was hurt, and he wasn't. He's just weathered, man. He's right. just taken a – he's just – it has taken a toll running for a 1,000 yards and being the only thing this offense has had most of the season – and he has taken some hits along the way. He's not hurt like he's going to miss time, but that left shoulder, that separated non-throwing shoulder, is going has been and is going to be a problem for him all season. He right. took a hit to that today, or delivered a hit with it today, rather. 
Uh, he also got his foot stepped on with two minutes left. And that was bad enough to send him limping to the sideline. And Nathan Peterman finished the final meaningless drive of the game. Now, Matt Eberflus said that he's fine. Justin Fields is perfectly fine. Sounded like he probably had the game gone longer, would have come back in. But the, there's just so much downside right. to him playing in these games at this point because there's nothing around him for him to develop with or show you something new. And there's very little to protect him. I think every snap he takes in the NFL and in this offense is valuable. Remember, I mean, this is the guy who's played, what, 14 games with offensive coordinator Luke Getze? That is not nearly enough for us to be giving him days off. And, you know, there's value to that. I think him chasing the NFL's all-time record for rushing by a quarterback, I, I don't think that's a nothing. I, and, you know, the coaches will fall all over themselves telling you that they don't pay attention and they don't care. And I buy that. You know, they're not, you know, customizing game plans to get him a record. But that would be meaningful. And it would mean that, you know, he has done one specific thing better than anybody in the history of football. That would be something the Bears could hang their hats on. That would be something that would probably help him in the endorsement realm, probably help him in the celebrity realm a little bit. And, and it would be further proof, of, you know, that the team could come out and say, look, we have our quarterback. You know, this guy just did something extraordinary. And I think there's value there. And, and I think there's, you know, we talk about proof of concept for the offense. It's hard to say it, you know, on a day where they score 13 points. But, you know, every game that Justin Fields can go out and put points on the board shows you that this offense makes sense for him, even if he is throwing the guys that, you know, uh, <laughs> that your, your, you know, casual football fan has never heard of. The receivers issue isn't as much of a problem to me as the offensive line issue. When you take Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins off of the line. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Dieter Eiselin was in at right guard. And Definitely. if you don't know that name, it's okay. He's mm -hmm. been on the practice squad. Most of his time with the bears had played six snaps of offense prior to this. That's the totality of all of it, Patrick, because you've seen plays where he doesn't have time and there's no one to throw to mm -hmm. because there's no Mooney, no Claypool, no anybody. And all of that is just a recipe for him getting a hit. Yeah, I do think I think there's some value. I mean, nobody's going to throw a parade because the Bears were leading the Bills at halftime. But I think if we want to talk about these different benchmarks that you want to see a young quarterback reach or, or live through. I mean, being ahead against the best team in the AFC at halftimes, you know, this is an experience that he will probably rely on at some point again later. I, I think that there, there are tangible and intangible reasons that, that he needs to keep playing and, and that the Bears aren't going to shut him down. Um, now I will argue against my own point here real quick. Jason, do you know who won today? The Texans. Houston Texans. Houston Texans by virtue of Whoops. having – Yeah, they have two wins and one tie, Jason, one tie. Um, meaning that uh, that they're only a half game worse than the Bears are right now. The Bears, of course, beat the Texans uh, when they played here. Uh, there's no chance, I think, for a tiebreaker unless the Bears want to go tie somebody in the next two weeks. Um, so the Bears are just Bears are one Sunday away from picking first in the draft uh, if things break their way. I, I wonder, Jason, do you think the the decision to shut Jalen Johnson down with a broken in or uh, broken ring finger? Do you think that, that that has something to do with the standings or, or not really? I don't think – I don't know. They haven't shown that that's factored into their thinking on other decisions. Yeah. Fair. That they have willfully self-sabotaged for, for the draft pick. I think that 
Jalen Johnson probably had some say in that decision. We don't know all the details of it at this point, right? But you know, if he's hurt and could hurt it worse, he's got a broken finger. You already know exactly what you have in Jalen Johnson. He's mm-hmm. up for a contract extension this this winter. Right. Um, there is value in playing the other guys and playing Kyler Gordon as your number one corner. That's good for him. And Jalen Jones, that's a guy you might keep for next season. So there, there is a plausible explanation for doing that other than tanking to me. Yeah, and, and that's where this uh, discussion gets a little sticky is, you know, if the Bears were, you know, if the Bears had 12 wins uh, going into this game, I bet you Jalen Johnson would have played. But there's a lot of there's a lot of real estate between would you play if 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 you guys were Super Bowl contenders and should you play when you when you've won only three games all year? Uh, you mentioned Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon was really good again today. Uh, again, I'm willing to admit that the weather played a role in both passing games being really bad. But Gordon had another interception. Gordon played the outside corner position for the first time he, uh, regularly. Uh, he had been inside at slot and kind of moving around. Uh, from the inside to the outside all season long, he did a really good job. Uh, and again, you're going to look at the scoreboard and you're not going to, and it's not going to make sense that we're saying he did a good job, but he did a good job. He did. And he's been, I think part of what makes that actually mean something is that he has been progressively doing a better and better job. It fits with the trajectory of Kyler Gordon developing into what you thought he'd be when you drafted him that high. I think they drafted him what was it? 39th overall or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he was your, he was your first draft pick out of the two second round picks. Those guys both look really good. The third round pick Bayless Jones has been mostly a disappointment, but a little bit of a spark today, a little better today. You saw him catch the 44 yard pass from Justin Fields, but you also saw, was it two, two uh, muffs on kickoffs or punts or whatever it was. It was a kick he lose the ball twice on special teams. Did he, did he lose it? I mean, he never lost it. Um, uh, there have been some moment of insecurity there. More than anything, I mean, I was impressed by the length of his returns. I mean, he had a good day as a kick returner. You know, his longest was 40. I think he had another one that was in the high 30s. Uh, I'll, I'll find that here real quick. But, you know, that's he needs to be more than just a kick return weapon. He had a 29-yarder to start the game. He needs to be more than a kick return weapon, but uh, – but the kick return certainly helped on a day like this. Um, you know, that deep shot that Justin Fields took to him uh, came one play after the Bears had recovered a fumble. You've got that sudden change situations where teams often like to, to go deep. Vance Jones lines up left, runs this deep over route and does and runs so much that he winds up catching the ball and then kind of baseball sliding. And he wound up on the almost out of bounds on the opposite sideline. I mean, he must have run. 70 yards probably uh, on that whole route. And and it, the fact that he caught the ball was good. <laughs> the fact that, that maybe he could get some confidence here was good because th- this is a guy who, you know, had been targeted, I think something like six times all season, which is unbelievable. And had caught only four yard or four passes, you know, you know, the deep shot he caught today was more receiving yards than he had had all season before today. That's how disappointing this year has been for him. Uh, and it's a position where the Bears have really needed a lot of help uh, and now need it more than ever. Um, Cole Komet was their leading receiver in terms of catches today with five. Okay. And somehow had five catches for 27 yards. I'm not even sure how you do that. Uh, although David Montgomery had four catches for 22 yards, about the same average. Uh, Dante Pettis, two catches for 11 yards. There's a lot of real short gains. 
There's, uh, you know, you have Jones was their leading receiver in terms of yardage with 52, but nobody else broke 40. Pet. No. And, uh, you know, you look at the other side too, and, you know, the, the leading receiver for the Bills was Gabe Davis had 45 yards. Uh, Stephon Diggs had only, um, had only 26 yards. Uh, Two catches for 26. Yep. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty good day for the Bears defensive backfield, but I think it's an even better day for Mother Nature. Yep. They need to we get uh, a break from that next week when they play at Detroit. And, Detroit. Uh, and, and you know who, you know, who is looking forward to that. He kind of, uh, he barely admitted this, but he did admit it is Cairo Santos. Cairo Santos had a pretty good day today. That is a positive for the bears because of uh, how he has struggled lately. Uh, but he is totally fine with uh, getting a break from the weather and playing indoors next week in Detroit. <laughs> I would be too. Uh, the bears defense, uh, their run defense today was brutal, Jason. And you know, there was didn't you say at some point it would, they were giving up ten yards per carry? And a pop, yep. Which, which I think the first sixteen, I think they had given up one hundred eighty-two yards on the first sixteen carries. Um, yeah, six. I'm sorry, Bills ran sixteen times for one hundred eighty-one yards to start the game. That is insane. And you know, as it turns out, they finished with thirty-one for two fifty-four. That's eight point two yards. Per carry, that's 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 unacceptable at any level, uh, and you know, and, and a lot of that, <laughs> you saw this the last couple of drives. The Bills were really content to just kind of hand the ball off and fall forward, uh, except of course when they pulled it on that third down and threw a touchdown pass late. But uh, but you know, th- these numbers got watered down because the Bills were trying to run the clock out. Uh, they were a lot worse uh, when the game really mattered. That's something the Bears have been uh, bad at all year, even before they started unloading Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn and guys going on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that, I have not seen a lot of progress from this defense overall. Uh, and there's this assumption that it'll be much better once they fully stock it with really good players in the upcoming offseason. Uh, the Bears have the most cap space in the league. They have their draft picks. But there's there's no guarantee that they're going to get the right guys. And I don't see a lot of guys that they have developed other than the high draft picks. And maybe Jack Sanborn ends up, you know, as a starter next year, if he comes, assuming he comes back healthy. I don't just see promise all over the field on defense for them. No, I no, I don't either. And, and you know, it's pretty amazing today when the Bears go out with three rookie corners plus rookie Jaquan Brisker at safety. <laughs> and, and the way to beat them is to just, you know, run. You know, you'd think that the Bills would have been thrilled to throw every time. Now, this defensive line is the worst defensive line in football. It's not particularly close. Uh, um, I believe that uh, that uh, Travis Gibson got a quarterback hit today, and I believe that was the first quarterback hit by a defensive lineman in five weeks, which is crazy. Uh, they, they need to be a lot better. And I just don't know that there are enough good players on the free agent market uh, and enough draft picks to to fix it all in one offseason. Obviously, the Bears are going to do their best um, to fix what they can. But to expect them to go out and go shopping for a fully formed front seven, I think is probably foolish. And, you know, if they're going to play Justin Jones kind of inside and outside now on the line, you know, they need a three technique who can dominate a game. They need a weak side linebacker who can take the ball away. Uh, and, and they don't have either of those pieces. And, and those are the two most essential things to a Matt Eberflus defense. 
Uh, they had one sack today, and it was Jaquan Brisker, who I believe leads the team in sacks. Yeah, I asked him after. A safety. I, yeah, I asked him after the game if he had uh, ever put it on his goals list to uh, lead, lead an NFL team in sacks. And he, he said maybe in college, but not in the NFL. Yeah, there's a, a lot of work to do there. Uh, they are, like you said, the least scary pass rush in the league. They're last in the league in sacks. And a lot of those sacks have come from uh, blitzing the safety, blitzing linebackers, Joe Thomas. Roquan mm-hmm. Smith was getting sacks when he was here. Uh, and and that's, that's really, really problematic in the NFL. I mean, the things that you need in the NFL, your priorities one and two are quarterback and something that can ruin the other team's quarterback. And the Bears have nothing in that second category at all right now. No, that's where I mean, Pat, that's where Pat, I would be tempted. I know that everything makes so much sense to trade that number two pick if they end up picking number two. I know that makes so much sense. But man, if you can get an elite pass rusher, that would be a game changer for them. Yeah, yeah, it would. You know, my question would be could you trade down a couple of spots and still have your chance at a pass rusher if, uh, if, if everybody else is racing up to get a quarterback? But, you know, these things are related. I mean, the reason that they don't have much of a pass rush is because they're not putting teams in third and long situations. They're putting them in third and short. You know, Bears coaches talk about earning the right to rush the passer. And what they mean when they say that is you've got to stop the run. You've got to make it third and seven. It can't be third and three because if it's third. Or even second and nine. Yeah. Yeah. because Yeah. Or second, second, nine, anything like that. And, you know, Nick Morrow was saying today that, you know, now that doesn't mean that you can't be trying to sack the quarterback on first down. Like the Bears could probably use a little bit of that, but you know, the priority needs to be to put yourself in a position to be able to rush the passer in an obvious passing down. And uh, the Bears just weren't able to do that today. And they haven't been able to do that all year. Uh, you know, the pills run game doesn't scare me. And I don't think it scares most of the league. I think any play in which Josh Allen doesn't have the ball in his hand is a victory. If I'm playing defense, and yet, you know, that's, you know, they made them look like absolute superstars. Yeah. They did. And that's going to be how a lot of teams look until they fix this problem. And, and you are back to where, like, even though the Bears played them close, you are, you are still at this point where you're expecting anybody that they play to score a bunch of points, to score 30 points. Yeah. And then and next week against the Lions, I expect the Lions to score 30 points. And the question is then, can Justin Fields catch up to that? And with no blocking, with no receivers, with no help in the running game, I don't see how he's going to do that. There is a chance some of these guys are back for the last two games. I mean, Whitehair, Jenkins, Claypool, those guys could all play the last two games conceivably. I mean, Claypool was doubtful, uh, so they hadn't totally ruled him out for this one. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to put either of them on IR, they probably would have done it uh, yesterday when they put Jalen Johnson on IR. So, you know, I think at least the hope is that these guys can play again. By the way, I'll add to your list of calamities. The fact that the uh, that Ford Fields got that uh, that uh, slit turf um, or uh, artificial turf, uh, the turf that the union hates because because there are more, because uh, you're more likely to have a non-contact leg injury while playing on it. I'll add that, by the way, on the list of oh, things, good, okay, things that should scare you about or the slit film turf on the list of things that should uh, scare you about playing at Ford Field. I think it's a game that the Lions will be trying to win too, because they're still scrapping for that last playoff spot. So you're not, you're not going to by any means get a Lions team that is checked out next week. No, two weeks from now, maybe the Vikings. Uh, 
know exactly what their lot in life is in the playoffs and they give everybody a, a break. And if so, that'd be interesting. The current Bears against the Vikings backups. I think that might be a close game. You mentioned, by the way, the Texans. Uh, the Texans play the Jaguars next, who are looking really good. But they finished the season against the Colts. That's a game that the Texans could win. There is a lot of uh, there's a lot to gain for the Bears in the draft if they were to lose these next two games. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's important to remember too that you know the teams that are third and fourth. Uh, uh, are going to play tomorrow. They're going to play each other, by the way, Denver against the Rams. So one of them is guaranteed to lose. So we know that we'll have at least one four-win team still out there. But neither of those teams have their own pick, Jason. So they're actually trying to win games. Like they can't knowingly tank because the, their pick's going to someone else. And it doesn't. Yeah, it wouldn't do them any good. Yeah. So, you know, so if, <laughs> and the more you look at this, you know, if, you know, Houston teams that have their own draft pick uh, with four losses or less are Houston, the Bears, the Cardinals, and the Colts, and that's it. I, man, I, I, I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that a first round or that a number one overall pick is just one one bad day away, um, you know, or one bad Texans day or, or one good Texans day away for the Bears. Right. Uh, you know. Even a month ago, I, I don't think I ever would have guessed that. And the Texans could have a, a good day in the season finale against the Colts. Very possible. Yeah. A bad day for everybody having to watch the game, but a good day for that. Uh, Jason, the Bears are going to have Sunday off for Christmas and then come back on Monday uh, for the regular week. Uh, we will uh, be able to break down the upcoming Lions game when that happens. But for now, I think we should uh, try and get home to our families. Uh, hope everybody uh, is having a wonderful Christmas or Christmas Eve or day after Christmas, whenever you listen to this and a happy Hanukkah and all that as well. He's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Jason, do you want to say uh, happy holidays or Merry Christmas to the people? Merry Christmas, everyone. He's Jason. I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.